We're here to share the unique perspective that we bring based on the context of our work within human systems. Just out of the gate, what typically I find humans are doing way more often than they're aware of, they're solving their own anxiety and not solving a problem. I mean, we do have a problem. We are experiencing anxiety, right? <laughs> so there is that problem, but they're not solving the problem that they think they're solving. Humans tend to solve for our anxiety first. We feel discomfort, we feel anger, frustration, whatever, and we want to get rid of that feeling really fast rather than locating the root problem or the source of your anxiety. What is actually sourcing the anxiety in an operational organizational way and how to figure that out versus something that's connected to your anxiety that you're trying to get rid of. So that's what we want to talk about today. So we are not talking about these cultural problems from the perspective of PhDs and psychologists, we're talking about where these problems intersect with human systems and where it becomes part of our domain of expertise. Just to be clear, we're not tackling anxiety holistically. We're talking about it directly related to the issues that we see arise in business and presenting an opportunity to think differently at the origin instead of experience the pitfalls that ends up happening down the line. This is what tends to happen with, with humans in terms of uh, stress responses, anxiety, right? Is that there's something that comes up that makes us uncomfortable. It could be uncertainty and fear, doubt, insecurity, and, you know, how that ends up surfacing in particular relationships with the people that you work with that triggers some of these fears or insecurities. And then how we end up solving for those less consciously. We're solving for that, for our own insecurity and our own fear, rather than actually diving into why is this surfacing? What's underneath it? What am I actually afraid of here? Where is the source of my insecurity? And then being specific about it so that we can deal with each particular thing. And I would add that so many times when we're unaware of what the real problem is because the anxiety is facing us and it feels like that's the, the first area to focus on, that we end up spending a lot of energy and a lot of resources. And oftentimes the actions that we take to solve our anxiety create more problems. And that's where having partners like you or having tools and skills to think through what's the real problem or what is this kind of reactionary response that's happening allows us to expend resources in a way that solve the real problem and also removes our anxiety. One of the things that's important to remember, there's the external thing of whatever it is that's causing problems, but then there's the internal thing that's often causing a worse problem. So this is what, this is what we're trying to address, is we're trying to address the external circumstance or, or problem and the internal experience and problem and how can we identify both and end up being more strategic and self-aware and uh, integrated in how we solve for the internal and external state. This is when you brought to 
the conversation, the art of processing, which in this context you described as being able to really tap into what the circumstances are, you know, when we think about the external, but also what the resources we have, and those are more internal resources and can also be external. How would you uh, relate this concept of the art of processing and what's happening as it relates to getting to that state? It is a skill. And it's an artful skill, which is why I call it art of processing, because it's so kind of sophisticated and complicated. It's our capacity and our ability to recognize and locate different kinds of information in different states and to be able to generate insights as a result of paying attention and you know, collecting information and then organizing the information in a way that we can create a strategy or a plan. This is a, this is a sophisticated place that I think we all need to grow and develop greater skills. How do we come to make a decision? What information are we making decisions based on? And that is for the large majority, not very conscious. And so this is the first place, right, is to, is in, in, as we develop a skill is take a beat and start paying attention to the things that we don't necessarily pay attention to. And particularly the places that go missed is our internal states. So what are the tools that we can use to move from solving our own anxieties to solving the problem? So there are two principles, two founders that we have worked with that were finding themselves not aligned. And yet in a startup situation, there's a lot of stress, of course, a lot of anxiety, a lot of pressure. And inside that, those pressures and anxieties, they were missing each other and forcing their particular priorities on one another. And that's where the lack of alignment happens. If they don't, sh you know, if two people don't share the same priorities and don't share the same anxieties, well, now you have conflict and lack of alignment. Once we had these, you know, two founders recognize that, oh, this was underlying their, the daily conflict was they had different kinds of anxiety. They had different kinds of priorities. Okay. Now, what do we do? One of the disciplines is having regular debriefs is, you know, something that become really an important practice in all of my work is, is just this debriefing. And this should, this could be like five or 20 minutes, right? Depending. And so that this is the opportunity because it's fresh on everyone's minds. You can now communicate what was priority to you, what you particularly saw and what you felt as a result of that meeting. And then that gives the opportunity to align because usually it's different, but if it's the same, it's great, right? Then you have this. So this is a kind of practice. Similarly, if you have anxieties, right? Like you could say, Hey, I still am very concerned about this. So it could be debriefing after a particular meeting, or it could be a connection point regularly. And, and here's the thing about meetings. If you're having silly meetings that have no effect and are taking up time and energy without adding any value, this is what typically happens in organizations where there's just meeting after meeting. There's endless meetings that are not very useful and worse are taking your time and energy away. This is, this is not what I'm or we are suggesting to add into anybody's schedule. However, reducing meetings for just reducing meetings is the same of adding meetings just to have meetings, right? So the, the, the answer here or an answer here is it's the quality of your connection. 
it's the quality of your communication. It's not communicate just to communicate. It's communicate with a particular purpose, right? It's the quality of how you're connecting with your partners, the quality of how you're connecting with your people. And generally, if that is very specific, where there's an agreement, it's not some manager deciding, hey, we need to have a check-in. And then it's completely about them creating an agenda and the other person just has to sit there and follow that agenda. That's not going to be a very beneficial meeting, mostly. Occasionally it works for, you know, downloading particular information. So here's a place where, where there can be strategy to a meeting and that strategy and intention creates quality and within an agreement so that both people are deciding that this is valuable and you can experiment, start with an experiment. And then you both say, Hey, this is not working. This is completely bullshit. I don't like it. Waste of time. Great. Let's try something else. But the point is humans need to connect. Humans need to communicate. Humans need to align. And so how do you do that is going to be different between different partners and different teams. But I'm here to say that you can't not do it at all and you can't overdo it without value because then it's exhausting and, and destructive and irritating. <laughs> so one of the things that, that this is an example of is how to come together and air your concerns. Here's what I am concerned about. Here's what's working. Here's what's not. And realign adding the layer of being proactive. So a chance to sit and partner in a proactive way to share concerns, not necessarily solve, but voice. All of that signals to me that there is an opportunity to understand the inner world of the other. And really the hope is that you can hear their expression of the way that they see the world, that lens. And so that doesn't necessarily that you change your position, your lens, your understanding, but through understanding how someone is seeing it, where they're caught, where they're stuck, what their focus is, it allows you then to zoom out and create a different strategy in terms of how you would approach a next step. And so that is it's happening both in the debrief and in the potential for a proactive meeting to partner and align. It's really, uh, less focused on the tactics and the doing and more focused on proactive alignment, which creates really positive ripple effects, especially when this practice is happening regularly. What we created with these two founders is that, that in order to address their concerns and resulting anxieties was just to spend 20 minutes every morning checking in with each other's anxieties and concerns, like, and just naming it saying, Hey, I feel pressure today to do this. I have a concern. I am anxious about this. And then together figure out how to solve for those anxieties, how to prioritize those pressures. What was the most important to the least important, and then get on the same page and have a discussion that doesn't actually take very long when you're in practice. I would say even that practice just of being able to consciously articulate and have to go to the place to really understand what those anxieties are, what those concerns, obstacles are, and then voice them. But then simultaneously, not just being listened to, but really being heard again in the spirit of alignment and partnership, that does so much to reduce the anxiety just in the practice of expressing it and being heard so that all of these things that are 
happening in their inner world, not necessarily, sometimes linked to real circumstances, but oftentimes on a different level than the reality of the problem, right? That's why we're talking about anxiety versus the real problem. It's a remedy, right? It's a cure. It's a preventative strategy to not even get to the place where the focus is in the wrong place, right? On anxieties versus on the problems. And just so that listeners know, it wasn't just meetings. It was very much in context of their particular personalities, their particular biases. We worked with them on surfacing each individual's anxieties based on who they were and their roles and functions in this job. So once each founder was armed with this kind of information about themselves and the interaction, once there was a deconstruction of, of, of locating, oh, what was going on? So we had done all this work. So there was this understanding and knowledge of themselves and understanding and knowledge of the, the circumstance that they were in before there was anything to implement. So this was the sequencing of how we did this. And once they actually came together and had these meetings, it, the result was an enormous amount of efficiency in terms of running the company because now it required so much less time for them to communicate and to be in alignment and then to achieve in that same day because there wasn't a, a debt. There wasn't anything wrong. You know, it was, it was just being very present to the moment and what the agenda of the day was. And this was combined with complete, as you just noted, their anxieties were gone. So not only did it, did it resolve any anxiety because there was communication and that communication and understanding resolved the anxiety. But additionally, there was an increased efficiency and effectiveness for the work and the productivity that was required from them from that day. And that was all within, what, what did it end up being? How much time did they end up spending? Within a week, they were reporting that just having this 20 minutes on the calendar allowed them to live in a more a light way, to realize that they didn't have as many anxieties as they had initially come to us with and reported because they had this place. They had this space reserved from a proactive position rather than what you you were just referencing, which is sort of a lagging disruption to the business that is rooted in lack of alignment and partnership. And that's the, the time suck, really. The other thing they reported is one of the founders said that they recognized there was just this flow so that their work was quickly being experienced. Not only was their anxiety gone in terms of internally, the internal anxiety, but the external flow was present. So their ability to solve problems more quickly their ability to avoid problems in the first place all started to just go in flow. The actual thing that was happening was the quality of processing that now that they were engaged in this kind of this art of processing and decision intelligence did the, they both did the individual work of realizing, okay, what is the source of their anxiety? They did all this individual work in terms of investigating, collecting data and information, which we were there to provide. Like, here's what's going on. Here's your bias. Here's, you know, the anxieties, the insecurities that are related to your personality and how you're going to experience them and interpret them and, you know, your stress responses, right? So they had done all that individual work and then together were, were disciplined enough in their strategy and in their execution that now not only do they solve all of the problems, but they were in flow, what they called flow, where it's just, there's no resistance. 
and things yeah. tend to resolve or not even uh, show up as, as, as problems because there's so much alignment and there's the work of all of this processing in real time was happening. And that's the importance of processing. The quality of processing has to be ongoing all the time. <laughs> it's not something that you can do in a moment and put aside. It's something that's a continual thing to, to be engaged in. And this is decision intelligence. This is the art of processing. And, and the result of it is flow. It's not like, oh, I just solved that problem. Let's move on. It's actually, it's continually solving. It's like there's this, there's this mechanism now that there's this continual metabolism and assimilation, almost like the body. Like there's digestion, you know, absorption, metabolism, and assimilation that's happening all the time. Every time you eat, like your body's just doing that. And, and, the, and these two founders were able to get into that kind of flow state, which is just the mechanisms uh, operating at optimal places. Yeah, I think a lot about integration and how the way that they set themselves up to communicate in this way, this 20 minutes actually became integrated into more of the communication throughout the day as other challenges arose, as they were solving problems together, it became more of a way of being and a way of communicating. And when you step back and think about preventative strategies this hopefully gives people a sense of what that can look like, where the original intent was to have alignment and partnership and say, okay, what kind of tool or practice could we put in place to be proactive in that way? But the outcome of it was just what you stated, that it was proactive and um, in bleeding into all of the other areas of their day. It just became integrated throughout, really throughout the culture of the way they were running the business together. Yeah, that was, and I think that for us is the ultimate win when it results in a new way of being. It's about how you internally are processing, approaching, and remaining curious about the information of your experiences and the reality around your circumstances in order to build something different that compounds the benefits over time, not just solves and prevents, but rather than just giving you these random exercises that can help, right? And, and, you know, I'm not against certain exercises, you know, at all. But if they're overly prescriptive and they're not particularly designed for these specific individuals, then it's going to be less effective. This is the full picture. And this is the, the win for us in, in terms of our work is where the outcome is so much greater than the particular things that we end up helping to solve along the way. Absolutely. And you painted a really beautiful picture, whole picture of what was happening as a result and the way it compounded. And I would say that oftentimes when we think back to this initial question that we're asking around solving anxiety versus taking the time to really assess the problem and think through it really critically, that so often when we're out there just solving our anxieties, not only do we not get any of the positive compounding effects, we oftentimes get compounding negative results when we're fixated in our anxiety and we can't see beyond it. It's difficult to calculate the cost of this lack of processing, processing your anxiety, processing our anxiety as humans, and then how we come to make better decisions that compound and actually result in higher performance instead of going through this program, 
you know, that kind of builds particular muscles, but without the intelligence behind those muscles, <laughs> without the different skills on how to use, better use those muscles in more efficient, effective ways that compound when you start building all of your muscles simultaneously, right? It's like a kind of cross training, I suppose. Many of the tools related to what we're talking about when it comes to the art of processing are simple but complex observation, investigation, and attention. And I think that those three things are very challenging to see clearly when the anxiety is, it can be such a cloud. When you have anxiety, it's all that you can see. And so even being able to access tools of observation, investigation, and attention are really challenging skills to attain. The more intelligence that you can bring to a situation, the more specific you can be in the strategy. You mentioned earlier these two founders, knowing their personalities allowed us to help build a strategy that even encompassed word choice and timing, not just from a sequencing perspective, but the least triggered time of the day, the moments where we could set them up to be clearing bits of those anxieties and unlocking more of this opportunity to investigate, align, and partner. We can't quite track like how intelligence and getting smarter and, you know, being more prepared and working inside uh, a higher quality of information. Um, how, just how powerful that is in terms of the arc of success and in how we define success also expands inside this conversation, right? It's not just about money. I would add that we all have deficits and this is where having a partner to think through things becomes incredibly valuable. And there's two different components to that. And so one is that we're offering ourselves, you and me as partners to work with founders, work with leaders and help them dissect and discern what's happening and these various lenses that we've exposed. And in doing so, that actually allows them to become a really great partner within the business, within, you know, across their leadership team and in these meetings that we've spoken about, because we all need partners to really think through and bring different points of view from this perspective of gaining more intelligence. And so it's this domino effect that can become really powerful when there's multiple people engaged on this level of processing. We enjoy working with leaders and executives, venture capitalists, portfolios, anyone who's really interested in digging into to this missing piece of decision intelligence, the art of processing, we feel that it is culturally, uh, collectively, and even individually a missing link in how we can compound our, not just our productivity, but our performance, and not just externally, but internally. If you're interested in working with us, we'd love to hear from you. Find our LinkedIn in the show notes and give us a follow so you can stay up to date with other cultural topics.